Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends! Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Oh, it is so good to be here today, guys. We have a topic that I get so many questions on. I mean, I get, I mean, I I think like almost every video I post, there is a question in the comments or a comment about, you know, oh, my chicken is sneezing. Oh, my chicken is wheezing. Uh, My chicken's making gurgly sounds. I think my chicken has a cold. So many, so many questions about respiratory illness in chickens, and that is what we are going to be talking about today. So I know a lot of you are wanting to talk about this. I hope that I can give you everything you need today so that you can offer some supportive care to your chickens if you have this issue going on. Um, I want to say hello to everybody that is here watching live today. Thank you so much for being here. And hello to all the people that are listening on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, In a minute, I'm going to move on to a listener's question. It was submitted through my website. And guess what? You can submit a question through my website, too. All you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section, and then there's a little scroll down menu, and there's one little thing you can choose that says, ask a chicken question. And I just love to hear from you guys. I will say I cannot answer every single question Because I get a lot of questions, and lately I get a lot more questions. (laughs) Every week I get more and more questions, and soon we'll be, you know, before we know it, we'll be in baby chick season again, and I'll be getting more questions. So I just don't, I, I just can't get to every single question, but I try to respond if I can, and if I really like your question, and if it's relevant to something that I want to talk about on Bok Talk, I may choose your question to be featured on the show, and you will be chicken famous. (laughs) All right. Now, there's something really important I want to say before we even take a step into what we're about to talk about, Um, because one thing I do have to do every time I get a question that is related to chicken health. And certainly if it's like, if someone's like, oh my gosh, you know, my chicken is really sick. What do I do? 
And I, I get a lot of those, a lot of those questions submitted. And it's tough for me because I am not a licensed veterinarian. I am not a licensed homeopath. Um, I cannot diagnose any issues, medical issues going on with your chickens. That would really just be irresponsible of me because even if I was a vet and, you know, just getting information uh, through the Internet is just not enough to, you know, unless it's like a, you know, I have a vet tech that I work with and we talk virtually, but it is like a long conversation and there's money exchange and all that for, you know, for me to just get information from her where she feels comfortable about what she's telling me to do. Um, so I just always have to make that disclaimer. Like when it comes to your chickens, I know that not everybody can afford to go to the vet. Of course, that's your best course of action if you're having a, a health issue with one of your chickens. But what I can tell you to do is make sure that you do your own research, gather as much information as you can, and then make an informed decision from that information. And hopefully I can be part of offering you some information and certainly I can help you, you know, know what to do, know what supportive care to offer while you're doing that research. So that's, that's really what I want to focus on today. But first, I'm going to tell you a story. And it's a true story. This is based on on real events. Okay. Um, It is the story of last week. And that has trickled into this week. Okay. In Chickenlandia. I have had respiratory stuff coming up in my flock. Now, one thing that you should know about me is that I rescue lots of chickens. And... Almost all of my chickens come from some situation uh, where Chickenlandia ended up being their last stop. And I knew that when I brought them in. Some of them had issues. Some of them were from bad situations. Some of them were very loved, but they, you know, their their chicken parents were like, oh, you know, it's too dangerous for me to keep them here because I'm having predator problems or something like that. So when you do that, when you when you open up your flock and you're taking chickens from other places, even if you quarantine your chickens, and we just talked about this a few episodes ago, but even if you quarantine your chickens for a month, it is not impossible for you to bring something into your flock. And so That is one of the risks that I have absorbed as somebody that likes to rescue chickens. Um, So usually every year, one of my chickens or more ends up with the sniffles. I have had very, I've lost very few chickens to any kind of respiratory thing. I can't even think right now. Um, You know, I lost Boy George, my little Sarama rooster recently, but I don't think that was a respiratory thing. When it when it presented itself, I thought it was because a lot of chicken illnesses, they present very similarly, but they're they're very different. But by the time he passed away, I thought, you know, I think maybe he had a tumor and it was interfering with his, you know, with his breathing, really. And and with his eating, he wasn't able to eat. as well as he, as I would have wanted him to. So last week (laughs) I go into my coop 
And it's time for me to put the chickens to bed. And there is one of my chickens. Her name is Ducky. She's nine years old, a little itty bitty old English. And she's like, (sighs) 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 how does that sound? That doesn't sound good. (laughs) So you can imagine. I was like, oh, man, like, here we go. You know, the temperature is dropped. It's rainy. It's cold. Here we go. And she was not the only one. Uh, there was also my chicken, Lacey, who also had come down with something um, that w- very pre- presented itself as a respiratory problem. So, of course, what I, the first thing I do is I follow um, a protocol that I created called the REST protocol and also known as the sick chicken action plan. And if you um, go to my channel, I talk about it on my channel. I'm, I'm going to link that video in the description and I'll also put it in the show notes for those listening to the podcast. Um, but basically the sick chicken action plan is an acronym and it is rest R E S T. And the reason I did this, because I wanted to be really easy for People to remember when they're panicking because they have a sick chicken. So the R stands for remove from flock. You want to remove your chicken from the flock. You do not want your flock, your that a sick chicken to be number one, getting super stressed out because it's sick and it's with a whole bunch of other chickens who might start to be looking at it like, hmm, that chicken looks weak. We might, we we might want to start picking on that chicken because it looks weak. You don't want that. And number two, you want not to be spreading an illness. Now, by the time your chicken is sick, it is very likely that your whole flock has been exposed to whatever it is. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean your whole flock is going to get sick. But just to keep the numbers down, you definitely want to remove that chicken from the flock. And it's, it's likely that none of the other chickens will get sick. You just don't know. And then the other thing is you just want, you know, when you're, I don't know, I think about when I'm sick, I need to rest and I don't want my kids crawling on my head and I don't want, (laughs) I don't want, you know, every second for someone to be coming out to me, like needing something from me. I need to be resting in an area where I can just concentrate on getting better. So that, those are the three reasons I want you to remove your chicken from the flock. Then the E in rest stands for electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. Now, if you go to the farm store or if you go online, you can get these packets that um, are for chickens and they are electrolyte, probiotic, and vitamin packs. And it's, you know, I like to get them in the little packs because they're just easy to store that way. Um, I know Henny and Rue has one. I really like that company. They, they did not sponsor this, <laughs> but I really like them. Um, I think Dervet has one. There's just a lot of a lot of companies that have these um, electrolytes for chickens. And that's good support for your chicken when they're sick. And if you think about it, like, I don't know about you, but when I was sick and when I was a little kid, my mom would give me Gatorade because... Um, when you're sick, you don't feel like drinking that as much water as you should, and you need to get fluid into you. So to keep them hydrated, that's what I do. And then the S in rest stands for scrambled egg. So 
Whenever a chicken is sick or stressed out, I do like to give them some kind of treat to kind of get them motivated to get well and also give them strength. Um, sometimes if a chicken just kind of loses its will to eat, then it'll just keep getting sicker and sicker and you'll just see it kind of going downhill. But if you can tempt that chicken with something that is irresistible, like some scrambled egg and also has lots of good stuff in it for them, then that would be a good thing. And it's just something supportive for you to give it, give to them. And then the T in rest stands for temperature control. Um, and that what that means is if your chicken is sick, you do not want them uh, using their energy to stay warm. And you do not want them using their energy to stay cool. You want them to be in a temperature-controlled environment where they can be comfortable and they can just focus on getting better. So that is my rest protocol. Like I said, I will put the video to this in the description and in the show notes so that you can learn more about it in detail. And of course, you know, depending on what you have going on, there may be variations on this. You have to use your common sense. But this is just a, a very simple guide that you can use that you can keep in your head for what to do if you have a sick chicken. Now, another thing that's not in the protocol, but that I do, and I certainly did with uh, Ducky and with Lacey, is I also gave them a homeopathic flower remedy called Rescue Remedy. And you can get this at like Petco. I, I actually use the human grade one, but there is one that is for pets. And you can get that at Petco. You can get it at PetSmart. Actually, I know you can get it at PetSmart. Not totally sure you can get it at Petco. And you can get it at most health food stores, um, like Whole Foods. Um, and I will put a couple of dr drops of that in their water if they're drinking. Or if I, you know, if they're really sick and I'm feeding them with like a needleless syringe, I'll put a drop of it in there. And I might also put a drop just on their back and kind of rub it into their back. And that just helps them to just calm down because it's stressful. Not only are they sick and they're probably under stress when they were with their flock, but being removed from the flock is also stressful. So I will put a link to this product that I really like in the description and the show notes. So I brought Ducky and Lacey in. And because I am somebody that is very natural leaning and I'm somebody that has been using homeopathics for like 25 years, um, our family has a licensed homeopath that we work with and she actually like prescribes for my chickens too. <laughs> She's great. Um, I've been talking to her a lot this week. Um, there are some homeopathics that I will use and I, I keep them in my uh, chicken first aid kit, which I just did a video about. If you haven't seen it, you should check that out. There's a, a homeopathic called aconite. Now, this is this is not the herb. This is the homeopathic. And the potency is 30C. And I totally meant to, like, get that and, and like, show you the little vial. <laughs> and, of course, I didn't bring it because I was in a mad rush to get here and get on the microphone. But it's, it comes in a little vial. Um, if you get Boiron, which is like the most common homeopathic that you can get at the health food store, it's like a little blue vial. And 
you will get the um, potency 30C. And aconite is great for when like suddenly there's illness. Like let's say, and I've heard this described so many times, like your chicken was fine. Like, oh, she was fine. She was like pecking and scratching. And then all of a sudden she was sick. That right there tells me that, I mean, what I would do is give them aconite first, right when they come inside. And I'm not going to talk about like dosing and everything here because it's a little bit complicated with homeopathics, but I do have a blog post where I talk about uh, dosing and I'm going to link that in the description and the podcast. I mean, and the show notes for those listening to the podcast. So I would do that first. And then if I'm not seeing any improvement after probably about 24 hours, maybe a little bit less, then I might start to think about what other homeopathics I could do. And so with uh, Ducky and with Lacey, the one that I went with is called Antimonium Crudum in a 30C potency. And so I just took it and I gave them each a dose and in less than 48 hours, I think like, I think it was probably about 48 hours. They both were like breathing clear and they went back out with their flock. So that isn't always the case. Sometimes there are serious respiratory illnesses that are very difficult for chickens to overcome. And sometimes it can be a very serious situation. So I, I certainly don't want you to think that it's always just going to be something easy. And, you know, with homeopathics, a lot of times, you know, you might give a remedy and it doesn't work. And then you'll think, oh, well, homeopathics don't work. But it just means that that wasn't the right remedy. So since I've been working with homeopathics for so long, I knew that that was the right remedy for them. And I have books and stuff like that. So I, I love homeopathics. And so I definitely recommend getting some books and learning about it. But I do talk a little bit about specifically the homeopathic antimonium crudum in a video I did two years ago about respiratory illness and how I use that. So I'm going to also link that in the description and in the show notes so you can check it out. Another thing that I did is I actually use some essential oils with these two chickens. Um, and I've got dogs barking. Can you guys hear that? <laughs> Gosh, the dogs. Oh, the dogs. I do not, I, I am very well aware that essential oils when it comes to pets and also when it comes to humans, they are controversial. And um, I do not put essential oils on my chickens unless it's in a product that is highly diluted, like um, VetRx is one. Um, that has a very, a, a very strong essential oil in it, camphor, um, but it's very diluted. So that's one um, instance where I might put some on them. And the way that you use VetRx is you can put it under their wings. Um, you can put it at the base of the tail. And what they'll do is they'll they'll preen themselves and then they get it on their face. <laughs> um, I don't put it in their water, even though uh, the company itself will say that you can do that. Uh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But I, I, I do have VetRx. And I think if I had a chicken that was just really struggling 
with respiratory problems that I might use it, but I do prefer to use the pure essential oils. So what I do is I will take gentle essential oils like lavender, eucalyptus, um, tea tree, lemon, thyme, and I will put these on a paper towel or in like one of those, if you, if you've ever seen like a little, um, disc diffuser that you can keep like in your car, I'll, I'll put a few drops on that. And then I will hang that up in the coop because I want to support the chickens that are in the coop that, you know, might be coming down with the ones that are already with whatever illness, the ones that I have inside have. And I'll also put a paper towel with some of these essential oils on them with the chickens that are inside, but not on them so that they're just breathing that in, but it's not actually on their body because a lot of these essential oils are caustic to the skin. Like if you put tea tree oil directly on your skin, you can burn your skin. It's, it's pretty intense. So I don't recommend that. And then another thing that I did is I also gave them some minced garlic in scrambled egg. And I did that for my flock as well. So like I said, it was about two days and they both recovered fine. Now I will confess to you that Lacey is now back in the bathroom, but she had, she had gotten completely well. She went outside and then she had, now she has some kind of reproductive thing going on. It could possibly be related, possibly not. Ducky is outside doing absolutely fine. And even after this, I had another chicken, Noli, who was in my TEDx talk. She was on stage with me in my TEDx talk. She also came down with it. So I brought her inside and she was inside for about the same time, probably like 48 hours. She's fine. She's back out with the flock. So that it feels good when you can like offer them supportive care and then they're okay and you can put them back outside. But right now I'm, I'm really working on Lacey and hopefully she can pull through, but it is some kind of a respiratory, um, some kind of a reproductive thing that she has going on. So let's just uh, take a moment and send her some positive thoughts. Lacey is my little naked neck. She's, she's half naked neck, half silky. She did not quite make it in Vegas as a showgirl, <laughs> but she is very, very beautiful. So that is my story for this week. And that was long because it was a long week of, <laughs> of dealing with chickens. Um, you know, when they get sick, it's never fun. Now, like I said, I rescue chickens and that's why I deal with this a lot. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to deal with it a lot. I just want you to be prepared and I want you to feel confident and with some things in your in your little medicine bag that you can pull out if you have this issue. So I got a question from my friend Carol. She sent me a question through my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. And it says, Hello. Hello, Carol. <laughs> I'm fighting respiratory illness in my flock. I had them on Denigard. So Denigard is a, uh, uh, is a antibiotic. But it has come back and I'm at my wits end and discouraged. I can imagine that is hard, especially after you've used antibiotics. 
I do use apple cider vinegar in their water most of the time. I'm not sure where to go from here. Any suggestions are welcome. Well, Carol, I am very sorry that this is happening. I have no, you know, I don't have any way of knowing exactly what they are dealing with. It sounds like um, you likely thought it was something bacterial if you went with Denigard. I'm wondering if you dosed your whole flock or if you just dosed the ones that were sick. You know, what I hope for you is that you can offer some of these supportive care suggestions to your chickens and maybe see some progress that way. Um, Definitely, I would, if you have chickens that are visibly ill, that are doing doing worse, I would definitely separate separate them and follow the rest protocol that I talked about at the beginning. And then this is very important. The next thing I want you to do is clean your coop. So, um, and the reason I'm asking you to do that is that if you have ammonia buildup, if you have moisture buildup in your coop, then that can cause respiratory problems. Um, so make sure your coop is nice and clean and make sure that is it that it is dry, that the shavings are dry, that there's not a lot of condensation in your coop. Um, if you are finding that there is a lot of moisture buildup in your coop, I want you to consider adding some ventilation to your coop, which I know is uh, counterintuitive right now as we're going into the cold season, but trust me, it is better to have a dry coop when it is getting cold. Um, don't worry so much about the temperature. Worry more about the moisture. So that that's one thing that I want, the two things actually, that I want you to focus on. The other thing that you can do is uh, mince some garlic and add that to your flocks feed, or you can mix it up with some scrambled egg. You can even cut up some garlic and put it in their drinking water, like cut it in half, put it in their drinking water. But you need to be really careful that they are still drinking because sometimes it will turn them off from drinking. So I like to put it in something that is just like irresistible to them. And since I ferment their feed um, and they just gobble that up, I will mince the garlic and put it in their fermented feed and they'll eat it. Um, But if you don't do that, you can add it to some um, scrambled egg and give it to them that way. And then you can also hang some essential oils in your coop, like I talked about earlier. And then the other thing that I want you to consider is supplementing your flock with some immune boosting herbs. Now, there are lots of prepackaged herbs for chickens that you can find online. Scratch and Peck has one. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. On Amazon, there's a few different brands. And these are not, I'm not talking about herbs that make your coop smell better. I'm talking about immune boosting, supportive herbs for your chickens to eat. The one that Scratch and Peck has is called Cluckin' Good Herbs. (laughs) And I'll put a link to that in the description and show notes for you. But it has lots of immune boosting herbs, including it has garlic in it, has ginger in it. And it has oregano in it. And oregano is a really good one. So even if all you have is oregano that you grew in your garden, you can dry that, crumble it up and add it to their feed. And that can be something that they can eat, you know, as a regular supplement that you give them to 
help them, uh, you know, keep their immunity high. And then there's also uh, some oregano supplements that you can give them. And uh, Dervet has one, I gosh, I want to, I want to say it's called Durostat. Durostat. Um, and that is an oregano, like a combination supplement. And there's one by Ropa Poultry. That's also an oregano supplement. And this might be a good alternative to dosing your whole flock with antibiotics. I am not saying that that's not what your flock needs. I don't know. I can't tell you that because I'm not a veterinarian. But I do really tell people to use caution when they go on, let's say they go on a Facebook group or whatever, and they're like, you know, one of my chickens is sneezing and they'll get a lot of advice to dose their entire flock with antibiotics. And I would really caution you against doing that. Antibiotics, uh, they, they are not without consequences and they go into the environment and not only do they, can they affect your flock if they're getting antibiotics and they don't need it, but they can also affect backyard chickens in general. Because we've already been overdosing um, or overusing antibiotics. And because of that, bacteria gets resistant. And that becomes a, a, a bigger problem than we had before. So I want you to consider, you know, if you can get a diagnosis or get, a, um, you know, after, get testing done after a chicken dies, Get that get that done to try and find out exactly what you're dealing with because you never know it could be bacterial but it also could be viral, in which case antibiotics aren't going to do anything. Um, let's say maybe it's fungal. So the best case scenario would for would be for you to take a chicken to the vet and find out exactly what's going on. And aside from that, please do your research and consider possibly trying at least in the beginning some natural things that won't have as much of an adverse effect on your flock and the environment in the long run. So, you know, after a few days of supportive care, I really hope, Carol, that you can see some progress with your flock. You know, maybe it is something as simple as just getting better airflow in your coop. Um, but I am rooting for you. Chickenlandia is rooting for you. And I want to thank you so much for your question. So, Woo, that was a lot of talking and I didn't I didn't bring my water. I didn't bring my water today. So so if you want to submit a question for uh for me to bring up and talk about in Bok Talk, you can do that by going to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com and going to the contact section and choosing ask a chicken question. All right. I want to say hi to some of the people that have come into the chat. We've got lots of people here today. Christina's Corner is here. Eric Johnson is here. He better be behaving himself. <laughs> Son of Hibbs is here. And who else? John Doe 706 is here. Thank you for being here. Linda Easley. Genalistic is here. Kelsey, uh, oh gosh, Kelsey, I'm gonna, I, I'm not going to say your last name because I'm gonna destroy it. <laughs> and I don't want to. I've had my name destroyed too many times to do that to someone else. Jenny Silkies is here. How fun. 
All right. So now I am going to open up the chat for a few questions. If you have a question, if you can type it in all caps, uh, that will really help me to see it. Oh, and I see Kelsey at Lavender Lane Farm is here. Um, you can also tag her and ask her questions because she is my consultant. She's on the Chickenlandia team. Yes. So if you have a question, please type it in all caps so that I can see it. And hopefully I'll have an answer for you. Pamela Bene says, we have the best advocate in you. What a blessing to have you in our life. Oh, you're so sweet, Pamela. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your love, your knowledge, and your life. Of course. I love it. It is my passion, you guys. Chickens are my absolute passion. So I have a question here from Jenny's Silkies. She says, can they have strawberries? You bet they can. <laughs> and you know... <laughs> One thing I give them every year because we have like a strawberry patch gone wild <laughs> in our yard. I have this one like huge raised bed. And when I had my second child, I just could not keep that garden up any longer. And it overgrew and it's just all strawberries now. So, yes, they can have strawberries. I, I when I cut them up, I cut the tops off and then I throw the tops out to them. Now, of course, you everything in balance. You don't want to give them just like only strawberries to eat. But as a treat, I think that's uh, definitely something that is good for them. Jenna Brom says, and I hope I'm saying your last name right. What do you do to protect your chickens from rodents? Jenna, the first thing I do is make sure that there's not a reason for rodents to come around and set up camp and have a family. <laughs> because um, as with anything, you know, rodents, insects, parasites, all those things are everywhere. Rodents are literally everywhere. It's not like, you know, oh, I don't have any, I don't have any rats around here. I live next to the woods. There are rats around here. Um, but the one thing that you don't want is an infestation. So, the way to avoid that is to make sure that you are not leaving food or scraps out overnight. If you have compost that is in your chicken run, you're going to want to uh, try, especially if you live in the city. If you live out in the country, it's, it, it, there are ways to, uh, uh, to make that easier for you. But in the city, you really have to be careful. And I live on a small lot, so I have to be really super careful. Hardwire mesh is your friend because that's something that rodents usually cannot get through. Chicken wire, they can absolutely get through. So if you have something like a compost pile in your chicken yard, you are going to want to be enclosing that in something that is made of a material that rodents can't get into. And other than that, just make sure they clean up their food. Like I, I feed my chickens once a day in the morning. And they are usually done with it by the afternoon time. And then I'll give them a snack at night. If it's cold at night, I'll give them a snack before they go to bed. But I don't free feed them because I don't want there to be food out. Now, if you have a rodent proof feeder, then you can free feed them and, you know, you can feel good about that. But you just want to make sure that there's not a way for them to get into the chicken feed and even water. You don't want to leave sitting around either because they'll come at night for water too. All right. I hope that helps at least a little bit. 
Aqua blue. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> Are there fruits that chickens can't eat or shouldn't eat? So this is this is one that I talk about a little bit because I have a pet peeve about how demonized avocado has been. You know, my family is Guatemalan. That's my heritage. So basically, avocado is like life to us. <laughs> um, that being said, they can't eat the skin or the pit of the avocado. I don't know what fool chicken is going to try and eat that. Like they won't, they won't eat it. The only, the only species silly enough to eat that is people. Like they'll <laughs> gosh, put the pit in the blender and eat it. Like, I don't know. That's, that doesn't seem right to me. That's like sacrilegious to me. But other than that, uh, a lot of citrus will affect their laying. And so, you know, you'll often see on the list of things that chickens can't eat, uh, you'll see citrus on there. But what it does is it just, it can affect their laying. There was a study done and they found out it can affect their laying. And then off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything else that would be especially dangerous to them. Uh, one thing to remember is that chickens and farming have gone together for a really, really long time. And so there are chickens being raised underneath apple trees. There are chickens being raised underneath orange trees. There are chickens being raised underneath avocado trees. And um, it's pretty natural for them, especially if they have enough space to know what to eat and what not to eat. If you, The more enclosed you have them, the more likely they will eat whatever you give to them indiscriminately. But if they have enough space, then they seem to retain that instinct to know what to eat and what not to eat a little better. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Shelly Fish One asks, can I do several treatments at the same time, like feed herbs and garlics while also using VetRx? I, I would. The only thing that you need to make sure of is that you're not loading up their food and water with so many things that they're not eating and drinking because it's very important for them to get that nutrition and that not, that hydration in when they're sick. So usually I don't load up their water with a whole bunch of things that are that's going to like make it taste different because I'm concerned that they that they won't drink. Uh, the main thing for me is to get vitamins and electrolytes into them, so that's what I'll put in their water. And then um, I'll probably, you know, you could probably get away with minced garlic and a little bit of herbs in their feed. Um, and certainly if you put it in scrambled egg, but keep, keep an eye on them and make sure that they're eating and drinking. Uh, Maine Woods Chick says, what essential oils should I avoid for chicken coop? You know, I can't think of anything like off the top of my head that I would avoid. The interesting thing is that I usually avoid camphor because it's so very strong, but that's like the main ingredient in VidRx. <laughs> so the, the main thing, I would just stick with the gentle ones and not get too complicated with it. I am not an essential oils expert, so I just mainly stick with the main ones that I use, which are lavender, uh, eucalyptus, peppermint, thyme, and tea tree. And those are the ones that I will put uh, a combat, you know, any combination of those. And sometimes I'll, you know, if I run out of everything, I only have eucalyptus, then I'll use that. 
Um, if you only have, if you can only get one, get eucalyptus because that's a, a really good one for respiratory stuff. But I can't think of anything that's like, oh, you shouldn't use that. I really can't. And the other thing is, there are just not a lot of studies on on uh, how they affect chickens, and uh, so I d- I'm sorry, I don't have I don't have a, a a definitive answer for you on that. So I am going to do one more question. Carmen A says, where did it go? How many treats are too many treats? I think I give in too easily and over treat my chickens. And she has an emoji with a face palm. (laughs) Um, I've certainly been there. Well, you know, the main thing that you want to do is make sure that the majority of what they're eating is their layer feed and that the treats that you give them are beneficial to them. I am somebody who is a real advocate for sustainable ways of feeding your chickens. And right now I'm in the process of doing a lot of research to try and find a way to mesh, you know, feeding your chickens layer feed and supporting them that way while also feeding them scraps and supporting your family and the earth that way. Because you know, originally chickens were very sustainable. And as we've kind of moved away from a sustainable model of living, we've, of course, uh, moved away from that with our chickens. And I am someone that believes that you can have you can absolutely have your chickens as pets. You can love them a 100 percent as much as you love your dogs or cats. And that's how I am. It's okay if you're not like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm a crazy chicken lady and, and that's how I am. But I also believe that you can have a relationship with chickens that also brings you more in tune with nature and um, helps you to treat the earth better and also helps your pocketbook and helps to support your family better. So that's a real passion of, passion of mine. And I'm like I said, I'm in the process of trying to find a way to kind of move those two worlds of like the permaculture way of caring for chickens and the kind of modern way that we have of caring for chickens now, which includes, you know, a lot of buying a lot of things and feeding only, you know, bought treats or um, layer feed. But I believe that we can bring those two together. Now, I don't have anything concrete right now, and I don't have any studies that I can give you. But one thing that I will tell you is make sure that the majority of what they're eating is their layer feed. And absolutely, you can supplement with treats. Just make sure that they're healthy. If you're going to do prepackaged treats, I like to stick with like mealworms or grubs Um, You can do cracked corn and a a scratch. And then when I I do give scraps to my chickens and our our family eats relatively healthy, so they get healthy scraps. They get lots of fruit and vegetable scraps, mostly vegetable, and they get some healthy protein scraps. So I just want you to think about it in a reasonable way. You know, I see a lot of things where it's like, Literally, people are worried about measuring, you know, like, I can only give my chickens this much uh, (laughs) of this treat. And I really am someone who does not want chicken keeping to be complicated for you. It should be a way for you to move away from the complications of life. So 
what I'm going to tell you is just to be reasonable, to feed them healthy, and to make sure that they're getting their layer feed. Um, of course, their grit and uh, a calcium supplement, either their own crushed uh, eggshells or some oyster shells. And I think you're going to be golden. I think you're going to be golden if you do that. You guys, time flies when you're talking about non-flying birds. <laughs> So guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I want you to know that I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And I'm even on TikTok, although I don't post there that often. Um, so I would love for you guys to join me there. I mean, I try to do like extra content for all of those, uh, all of those places. And, um, you know, Chickenlandia is just everywhere these days. We are just taking over. Um, if you like this podcast, please feel free to give me a review and tell and just say how much you like it. Thank you so much to everyone that is here and everyone that's listening on the podcast. And guys, if you don't remember anything from what I said today, I want you to remember this. You're always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye, guys. Dalia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bokoo!